Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West, joined by the chairman. How you doing? I'm good. Good, Brett. Good. Thanks for asking. And from the land north. Spencer. <laughs> Thanks for introducing yourself, Spencer. Great to have you. Spencer's doing great today. We have a lot to discuss because it has been a crappy year in everything. Every- That's what I want to talk about okay. today. Okay. Let me give you a market update as of us recording this podcast. The S&P is down 25% year to date. The NASDAQ is down 33% year to date, uh, which is not good. Here's the, other, here's the other returns that we don't hear of very often. But I want to highlight 20-year treasuries down 32% year to date. Boy, the long end of the curve is getting smashed yeah. as interest rates go up. The corporate bond index, which is just, it's similar to the S&P 500. It's just corporate bonds instead of stocks. Down 18% year to date. And the greatest inflation hedge known to man, gold. 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 What would you think in a year? You already know the answer, so this is kind of unfair. But what would you think in a year where we have historic inflation? What would gold be? You would think higher. Not the case, right? Down 6%, which it's come off of its lows. Yeah, it was it was down 10 or 11% at one point, yeah. but still, that's not inverse to what inflation's done. No, it's not. The greatest inflation hedge is not doing its job this year. And here's the other interesting thing. And I told this to my wife yesterday and she was kind of she was kind of shocked at it. And I want to talk about my house. Okay? Because we talk about real estate and I'm getting a lot of people wondering, well, should I go into real estate right now? It seems safer, more stable. Um, and that's because they don't see the price every day of that asset. But I get two emails a month, one from Zillow and one from a mortgage broker that is really, really good uh, out of Arizona. And they sent a monthly update of the value of my home. And the value of my home, since the peak, it's down 25%, the value of my home. Hmm. This year, it's down too. Everything is getting absolutely crushed. How's that to start a podcast? Depressing. Yeah. Yeah, that's not very Okay, positive. so let's not let's 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 talk about a few things. there's a couple questions I, I want to uh, I want to pose to 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 both of you and it's the would you rather game. Okay? So here's the statistics for bear markets as we play this game. The statistics are since 1926 the average bear market lasts around 1.3 years. Okay. That's about 16 months, right? About 16 months. That's why we keep 24 months worth of cash for people with cash needs. That way, we don't have to sell when assets are down. That's where that two years comes from, by the way. But the average bear market, 1.3 years, down 38%. Which means if this is a normal bear market, talking to the S&P 500, we might have, you know, if it hits its average, which who knows if it will or won't, but... Uh, it means we got a, another 14, 15% to the downside. Okay. So think about, and think about at home as you're listening to this podcast, 
Can you withstand another 15% drop in the value of your assets? Okay. Average bull market. After the bear market occurs, there's always a bull market. Average bull market, 6.6 years. Average return, 339%. So would you rather, Chairman Brian, would you want to sell right now to not suffer another 14 15% to the downside? Or would you rather suffer that that 14 15% of the downside further move down to experience the 300 plus percent return on the upside? Like what would you rather do? Knowing those are <clears throat> normal bear market bull market statistics. I think anybody that's listened to this podcast already knows how I'm going to answer that that question. Um, do you, Spencer? <clears throat> I do know how Brian's <laughs> going to answer that. Well, tell me I mean, why, though. Well, I look at you know I look at when when we have a market that's down another say another fourteen percent or even you know today we're down twenty five percent. I'm seeing opportunities to buy, not sell. <laughs> these are yeah. these are these are opportunities to de- to deploy money into the market, and I I believe a long term investor will benefit by putting money to work today, or if the market even gets a little cheaper, benefit even more at these at those cheaper prices. So I yeah, of course I'm gonna I'm not gonna sell in in preparation of a possible downturn i'm i'm looking at i'm looking to buy right now i'm looking to buy assets not sell assets so a question we're getting from clients so that's your would you rather i mean you'd you'd, you'd rather stay in uh, right and right. suffer the 15 percent to capture the upside and the other thing the other thing about that 15 percent is it's not guaranteed no we don't, we don't know it's going to go down 15%. it could be it could go so, down two percent so who knows you know it's a forecast that's Frankly, it's it's just that a forecast. We talked about the the value of forecasts. They're very, very uh, unpredictable and uh, unreliable. And but what I do believe, and what I do think is is predictable and reliable, is that over time our assets will appreciate in value. Our the intrinsic value of, of the S and P five hundred of of good quality businesses over time will become more valuable. And over time, the market will represent will reflect that in stock prices. So, you know. Bet doing something that I think may or may not happen, as opposed to betting on higher stock prices, higher values, three, five, and ten years from now. Something I feel very confident about. I'd rather choose the latter. So, so, uh, go ahead. Spencer. Well, I'm just gonna say I think all of us in this room and all listeners, that data is very helpful to have. Down thirty eight percent. Is that right? And then up three hundred and what percent? Three thirty nine. 339. Everyone would look at those numbers and say, well, well yes, of course. of course I'll do it. But it's the uncertainty. It's the emotion of seeing it go down. It's all of those things. And that's why historical information and the data is so helpful as managing portfolios because helping someone say, okay, it, it can go down more. And they're like, well, should we get out? Well, here's what's on the other side, you know, and it's like, Okay. I don't After want to. the storm passes, yeah. Here's what's on the other side. Yeah. Is three so so we're all on the same page obviously there. Let me let me pose a question to you Spencer. Okay. Because it, it, this is what the conversations we've had with clients. Well, can you get out now and just get in when it's all clear? 
In fact, I heard Kramer on TV. Why was I watching this? I don't know. And it just made me laugh. Maybe because it's comedy. Yeah. He said, there's nothing wrong with just waiting right now. So can we get out, wait until it's a little more clear, and then get back in? You can. You can do that, absolutely. I, I think the easiest decision someone can make is to get out, just to get out. But the hardest decision they'll ever make is to get back in. And what I mean by that is, for example, tomorrow we have the CPI number coming back, coming out. Let's say CPI inflation's down a little bit. Market jumps higher and you got out today. So what do you do? You probably emotionally say, well, I'm going to wait for it to get back, come back down. Or if you happen to say, I'm just going to get back in because I think it's going up. Well, guess what? You sold lower and you bought higher and that's a recipe for losing equity. But let's say inflation comes in higher and it goes down. Do you buy back in or do you say it's going to go down a couple percent more? And it just gets so complicated in trying to play a game that just frankly, we're not good at and I don't think anybody is good at. You may get lucky and time it right once in a while, but you're never going to do it consistently and more money will be lost by being out of the market than by staying in. So let's here's some numbers behind that game right here. From 1970 to 2019, if you would have invested $1,000 in the S&P, you'd have never getting out, just staying the course. What's happened 1970 through 2019? Wow. All kinds of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Any bear markets? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Some of the worst we've had since the, well, the worst since we've had since the Great Depression. Yeah. Right? If you never get out, you have 100 and, I'm going to round up. A hundred bucks, hundred and thirty-nine thousand bucks. That, so a hundred—that's ten thousand to one hundred thirty-nine. Oh, one thousand to one hundred thirty-nine. Yep, one hundred thirty-nine thousand. Yeah. If you would have missed the best five days in that stretch, which typically when do those best five days occur? In bear markets. In bear markets. Your example: if we get if if inflation tomorrow is under eight percent, market takes off. It could be one of those best five days. We have no idea. Like, we don't know when those are going to occur. But if you miss those best five days, your 139,000 goes to 90,000. Wow. How are you going to like how are you going to play that game? Yeah, you you can't try to not miss the those five days. Yeah. Yeah. It it seems logical and rational that if we think the market may go down another 15 or 20%, well, hey, let's sell our stocks and We'll buy back, you know, when it does. But we all know, I mean, the data tells us that that is really hard to do. Spencer said this, but I wanted to make this point that we just didn't didn't make this up. We've looked at the data. I've studied markets. I've studied investing. We've We've experienced the data. we've, We've done it for decades and we know how hard it is. It's so difficult for people. It sounds easy. Yeah. It sounds easy, and it sounds rational, yeah. logical. And I and we get, I still get questions all the time from clients that well, in fact, yesterday markets might may go down. Should we you know should we do something different? It is really really difficult. The best way and the reason why we we buy great businesses and and the strategies that we've developed over these over the years is because it works. 
I've had clients that for the past 30 years. I met with a client yesterday. She's been with me for over 30 years. And, and uh, she's built a lot of wealth over the years. And, and we did it by buying great businesses, being patient, and letting those businesses grow and increase their value over time. That's the best way to build wealth. It's, it's not by trading in and out of markets. That is really, really hard. And in fact, almost guaranteed you're going to get, you're going to have less money at the end of the day when, when we check out by following that strategy, as opposed yep. to buying great businesses, being patient and letting the storm pass. All right. So, so a couple things, again, all of this stuff I'm, we're hearing from clients so J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon comes out, and the headlines. If you read the headlines, he's saying the stock market's going to fall another twenty percent. Uh, that's not what he said. He said it could. He first the first thing he says, I don't know. They asked him the question. He says, I don't know, but I think it could drop another twenty percent. So 20%. if it does fall another twenty percent, what? What would you tell clients? The same thing that you're. We've already talked about. Yeah, I mean, the, the stocks are on sale. Why is it that when stocks are on sale, nobody wants to buy? But when groceries are on sale, everybody's like, "Oh, let's go, let's go buy more toilet paper." But people don't want to buy stocks on sale. Well, and and for me, the greatest value in what Diamond said goes in line with uh, I think it was what Griffin said at a at a conference not long ago, but was get your financial house in order. This could happen. It, 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 I, I don't know if it's going to, but this could happen. And, and when we say get your financial house in order, have a plan, make sure you have an emergency fund of cash, make sure you're invested in quality businesses and don't be levered. You know, we talked about leverage before this podcast. Yeah. That, can, that can really wipe someone out. But I think that's what Diamond's saying. And I think that's the greatest value to what he said. If he's right and we're down another 20%, it's possible. But he's also, I, I think if you talk to Jamie Dimon, he would say, yeah, I, I could be wrong, but it never hurts to make sure you've got your financial house in order to be prepared to handle these types of yeah. things if it happens. So, so here's, here's a shift. Actually, one other question. And again, this is something we're getting from clients. Brian, the, the two-year is paying out over 4% right now. Wouldn't it be better to shift more money out of equities into that two-year rather than stay in equities, which might go down further? So I, I think it's it's not a, just a yes or no answer to, to that. It, it kind of depends on what your long-term goals and objectives are. There's no question that 4% uh, rate of uh, interest on a, ten, on a treasury, you know, on a two-year treasury, is a lot more attractive than what it was you know, a year ago at 1% or less than 1%. Right. Um, so, but if, if your long-term goal and objective is to build your net worth and build your wealth over time, I think stocks are still a better bet than, than a 4% two-year treasury. First of all, two-year treasury is two years. Your, that money will that money will mature in two years, and then you're back at okay. We'll see where interest rates are in two years. The market's betting that interest interest rates will probably be lower in two years. I I don't know what they will be, but that's a two year thing. Is is yeah. that going to help you help you accomplish your long term goals? If so, that's my that's how I would answer that question. 
Anything to add there, Spencer? No, I think that's in line. I think it's a client-by-client basis. But if, if your goal is to compound wealth and grow it over time, then I think equities are probably... Uh, With a potential uh, 300% bull market yeah, ahead of you? Yeah, it, it, it's just better. Yeah. Um, now, I will say clients who have short-term money, you know, I have some clients that have taxes coming due in April and they know that they have that cash, call us because we can go buy a short-term treasury and get you a little bit of a return there. But for long-term growth, I, I think equities are where you want to be when things are on sale. You could flip it and say bonds, <laughs> bonds, the yield on bonds now is more attractive. And so, but but it's not buying them at a depressed value type of thing, if that makes sense. No. So so I think equities are depressed more. They're more on sale than they would than bonds would be. Why would we ever, without telling a client this, right? We would never do this just because a client asked. We would educate them first. If my equities are down 25%, I'm going to sell those equities to lock in a 4%, 4% return. Yeah. Why in the world would I ever take a loss? That's the destruction of capital. And that would be very, very, very unwise. Now, Spencer... We're talking about new money. New money, yes. New, new money. money, yeah. 4% for short-term cash needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Or if it's a more conservative client, they don't need growth and they have new money and they want a 4% return. Okay, great. But selling equities at this point? To do that, to go into that, that doesn't... Well, yeah. well selling just because stocks are down to buy, buy treasuries because they look safe. It's probably not the best idea. Now, if your circumstances have changed, you know, it makes if it does make sense from a planning standpoint, sure, but not not because stocks are down to, to avoid you know. Or if you again, if your long term goal is growth and wealth appreciation, that doesn't make sense. No, no, it doesn't. My boy, who's learning Spanish to go on his two year mission to Mexico, would say that's loco and cabeza, man. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> That's good. How's that? Sounds, sounds pretty, pretty, sounds pretty All good. All right, I'm going to shift to real estate. Back to my home value, okay, because I crunched this the other day just because I wanted to know because I'm hearing real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. My home value is down 25%. My wife, when I told her that, didn't, she could care less, as most people would. Why? <laughs> Because it's not priced every day, they don't see that. And I had to find the research myself. Yeah, yeah, you have yeah. to. You had to seek that out. It's not priced every day. There's such an emotional component that you can get on to your account, stock, you know, your investment account, and see what it's worth today. There's nowhere to do that on your home, I guess, unless you seek it out to Zillow, which you could do that. But I don't think Zillow updates every day like the market does. No. In addition, I think most people aren't selling. Now, someone who just finds out, I've got to sell my house, I'm moving or something like that, I would imagine they're freaking out and a little more frustrated that their home value is down from where it was six months ago. Um, but for those that are staying put for the next, you know, no, for the foreseeable future, they don't care. So, yeah. Okay, Spencer, you, you nailed it. Because that's exactly how you should think about your stocks. Exactly. If you're not going to be selling in the next three years, who cares? Now let's <laughs> sorry. That, say, say that again. Say that again. Say recite that, but say it more tempered. Sorry. Yeah, if you're not going to be selling your stocks 
are likely to sell your stocks in the next three years. If you're not going to need the money in your investment portfolio for the next three years, does it really change anything? Uh, you know, has does does it really affect you? You know, my portfolio is down just like everybody else's right now. And guess what? My life has not changed one bit. You know, I'm I'm on I'm, paper. I'm, it's like you're it, worth it, less. It, 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 I'm worth less, but it doesn't it but, doesn't affect my day to day. But same with the house. Yeah, exactly. It, it, same that's thing. what I was going to say. Assets. Your 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 house is down the same thing, and your what you're saying is you're viewing your stock account the exact same way you're viewing your house. That the price is down, but you're not planning on selling anything. So. It's not something that you would panic over at all. No, no, and I, I, I probably should restate that because it sounds insensitive. And and nah, but, you're fine. But <laughs> I, I am a little bit insensitive just because I've been doing this for such a long time that I, um, I've I've seen this. I've been to this. Yeah. I've I've been to this rodeo before. And that's the reason I bring it up because the mentality that people have around their house should be. It is our hope that people will have the same mentality about their stocks as their house. I know over time, over the next 5, 10 years, that house will go back up in value. Yeah. I know over time that our stock portfolio will go back in value. Like, it's just, it's just the way it works. Well, and, and I also think I want to give you some data just if people are like, oh, has my house gone down in value? The likelihood is it, it has, and let's explain why for the most part, is interest rates are higher, so the cost to borrow is more. So at the beginning of the year, here's some data for you. At the beginning of the year, if someone was going to afford a three hundred or a $3,000 a month mortgage, because that's how most people buy homes these days. It's not the total price they're worried about. It's what's the monthly payment. So mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year when interest rates were three or three and a quarter percent, you could borrow $750,000 and have a $3,000 a month mortgage, give or take a little bit of change. Now, because mortgage rates have gone from three or three and a quarter up to 7%, you can borrow about $490,000 to get that $3,000. So, so a borrower or a purchaser has lost 260000 or about 33% of their purchasing power. So this, there's a couple important things here. That's why we're seeing real estate demand, come demand down. has decreased. Values have come down, right? The Fed has done what they, they wanted to do, which was freeze the housing market. They've done it. But if I'm, an, if I'm an investor and I'm looking at, okay, I can buy a house or something for 25% less than it was earlier in the year, well, guess what? The interest rates, the moving interest rates, makes it such that that 25% discount, unless you're paying 100% cash, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, doesn't make, make up sense. for it. Yeah, you're still d- underwater. Yeah, exactly. If a home price, if you're looking at a home price that was a million dollars and you're like, they dropped it 100 grand to 900,000 and you're like, hey, this is a great deal. Well, it, it, price-wise it is, but your mortgage payment is going to be more than it would have been because in a million dollars rates. because of the interest yeah. rates. So prices have come down more than likely. I mean, no one knows for sure, but more than likely they'll continue to come down in real estate um, just until market hits equilibrium. But if you're a cash buyer, that could be a great yeah, opportunity. Great yeah. opportunity right. in both equities and real estate, right? And with equities, we've seldom buy with leverage. We, and so it's usually not even a, 
the conversation. We never go to the we never go to our bank and say I shouldn't say never, but very seldom people go to the bank and say, Hey, I'm going to borrow to buy some stock. Yeah. It just doesn't happen. But we, but in the housing business, that's how that's that's how it's done. Yeah. All right. Speaking of which, last thing I'll mention. Can I just say one thing? Yeah. We talked about. You know, one of the reasons why stock or home prices are down is it's it's a supply demand, and also you know the cost of money's gone up. But we all Spencer also said that, well, that's just the way things are. Stocks just go up over time, and and why is that? Why do stocks just go up over time? Why do we accept that? What what's the reasoning for that? Why is it? It's reverse gravity. Well, generally, it goes. We can say the first part is inflation in general. I mean, over time, you know, the Fed has a target to have 2% or 2.5% inflation. So that's built into the market. But then stocks go up. Generally, we'll say S&P 500 has gone up consistently because some stocks haven't. Some stocks have gone to zero and, you know, that. But in general, the market itself has gone up. Because these businesses that they actually are, the stocks are associated with, have continued to grow their earnings, generate more money, which has increased the value or the worth of that business. That's that's why. That's that's absolutely why. Is because businesses, a business generates a profit. A bot, you know, a good business generates a bottom line has has profits. They take a portion of those profits and reinvest back into the business. They might pay a little bit of a dividend, but they take the majority of those profits. Cash flows back into the business, hire new employees, build warehouses, build, tech, you know, do research and development and technology, and they increase future revenues and future future growth, future cash flows and future profits, or growing those profits over time. That's why. That's what makes America work. That's what um, capitalism is all about. Is and that's why stock prices go up over time. It's not magic. I love that. It's not just. It's not just so, gravity or reverse gravity. It's just. It's. It's. It actually works. <laughs> so here's some data. From Jeremy Siegel, who has one of my favorite books, Stocks for the Long Run. He just updated it. Hey, you're talking about stocks always going up. This data is from 1802, the Jefferson administration. How's that for you? Wow. Where hey? were you in 1802, <laughs> Brian? 18, I can't remember where I was. Where were I you? Was on, I think on I was farm. In, in diapers. You I, were? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Husky diapers. <laughs> Husky diapers. 1802 through 2021, real returns. Meaning, taking inflation out of the returns. That's a real return. Okay? Inflation adjusted. Um, let's start at the bottom. U.S. dollar has lost 1.4% of its value. Per year. Uh, yeah, annualized. Annualized, yep. yep. Annualized. Gold. So, th- investing in the dollar is probably not a good idea. No. Yeah. The dollar has been depreciating. Now, the dollar is strong right now, but that's it's an anomaly right now. The dollar will probably go back to depreciating in the future. That's why point. it's important to look at a long, and this is as long as you can get from data. I mean, 1802 to yeah. two, 2021? Yeah. Okay. Gold, 0.6%. Treasury bills, 2.5%. Bonds, 3.6%. Stocks, 6.9%. That's to illustrate the point that stocks over time go higher. Yeah. And it's just, it's simple math. I mean, businesses <laughs> reinvest back in their business. And, yep. Yeah. And that's why stocks go up. It's Yep. And again, if I'm pulling 4% out of my money to live off of, out 4% out of my accounts to live off, 
every year, then there's one investment that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, last thing I'll mention, I want to talk about the house for a second. Back to my house. Oh, Because wow. I learned all sorts of cool stuff. I bought my house and I'm uh, in 2010. That was a pretty good time to buy. Great time to buy. Yeah. Woo. Really good time. Coming out Man. of the housing crisis. and My wife yeah. saw the house she wanted and we bought. I mean, I wanted it too. Don't get me wrong. Okay. Since then, and I'm looking at cash on cash examples, no leverage. Cash on cash, my house is up 64% in value. Since you bought it in 2010. Since 2000, I bought it in 2010. 12 years-ish. That's good. Twelve. That, that's good. At one point, it was over 100% until the Fed started raising rates, right? So 64%. Stocks over that same time frame, 206%. Mm, it was a great time to buy stocks, by the great way. Great time to buy both. Yeah, yeah. But better stocks. <laughs> That's what the numbers are saying. Yeah. So are you looking back and saying you should have lived in a tent for the last 12 years and put that money in stocks? Yeah, you should have. Should have. My backyard, I got lots of room. Now, we should look at levered returns on both. Yeah. On both. Levered returns would because be Because if you more. look at levered returns on housing, you've got to look at levered the same leverage on stocks. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, it would be oh, insane. Oh, good night. Stay, we'll stay away the from key, leverage. Yeah, let's stay away from it. The key is that, again, you weather the storm in whatever market we're dealing with. In this case, all markets. Well, and, and I think we should close, honestly, before this. Brian got a little animated, which doesn't happen from the chairman <laughs> very often. But, Brian, I honestly, I think the closing should be, what were you saying about you you stuck to the plan through the good times yeah are you going to change it during the bad right. times yeah i was thinking about this yesterday morning i, I had a client meeting and, and uh she's i mentioned that she's been a customer for 25 to 30 years and and uh i was anticipating you know what questions she would have for me i do that i do this when we i do that all yeah the time. we do that all the time you know markets are down it's a tough year you know and uh i thought look at look at your plan, your portfolio over the last 25 to 30 years. It's, it's something like that. I don't know the exact time. Look at what it's done. Look at the wealth we've built over that time frame. Why now would we change, change lanes and do something different where we've had so much success over such a long period of time? It's worked well, and I, I honestly believe it will continue to work for the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years and into the future. So why would we change, change strategies now? You know, yes, markets are down, and yes, there's storm. I, I told her. And it stinks, yep. Jamie Diamond, there's storm clouds off in the distance. There's gonna, it's going to be, it's, it's like right, getting on an airplane, and the pilot says, hey, we're going to go through rough air, keep your seatbelt fastened, I'm going to keep the light on, you know, stay in your seat. We know rough air is, potentially there's some rough air in the future. Buckle your seat, get your financial house in order. If you have leverage or if you, you know, you don't get that, taken care of i mean we could be going through you know a storm i'm not saying uh, i don't know if we will nobody knows for well, sure we're in a storm we're in a storm right now but just you know make sure you can stay stick how, with the plan how much and of stick that with it over priced time in already well yeah, yeah for that's sure question, yeah, right? yeah yeah who knows I, i'm not making a, a, a dire prediction at all i'm just saying stick to stick to the plan yeah stick to the plan yeah let's stick to the plan i think that's a great idea hey with that everybody Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Until next time, bye-bye.
This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at igga.com.